Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri. Along with Marquel Slaughter, Roger Weiss back in studio, and we are joined by Les Simon, head coach of Kenmore East Baseball. We're going to talk about and pick Les's mind, figure out uh, who are the all-stars from this past season in baseball. We'll get to that. Also, Father's Day weekend, we'll take your calls. Any Father's Day stories, Father's uh, big part of our sports lives growing up. I know my dad was a big part of mine. Uh, I could recall... You know, back in, the, in fact, we were having a conversation yesterday uh, with Sandy Beach on WBEN before the show, and we we're talking about how do we survive the '70s when, you know, my dad had a pickup truck and would load the whole team in the back of the truck to go to games. You know, we're going to play Williamsville or or whatever, so we'd all be loaded up. And you Which can't sport? do that anymore. Which football? Football. <clears throat> the back of your dad's pickup truck had 22 seat belts? How did you do that? <laughs> well, that's when Andy Griffith was sheriff and just waved okay tone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was completely different back then. You can't do that now. Uh, but, uh, you know, how we survived the 70s is remarkable. But, uh, you know, that's a great Father's Day uh, memory I have. My dad always pitching and helping out at Little League, whether it was baseball or football. Uh, you know, he, he was assistant coach on my uh, younger brother Michael's team and the Shoshone Falcons. Remember the Panaros from North Buffalo? Yeah. I just ran into Carmen getting a coffee. Carmen Jr. is coaching his son today in a baseball game. We had a uh, just a brief meeting conversation. Remember, they're a great North Buffalo fans. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, it's neat. I uh, Depending on whether you're early 70s or late 70s, the fact that your father even drove a pickup truck. Pickup trucks in the early 70s were not that prevalent at all. You know, back then, four out of five vehicles on the road are what we used to call cars, yeah. either sedans or coupes. They didn't have the vans in the early 70s and well, SUVs. Forget about it. And my What's dad had an both the van and the pickup truck. Dukes of Hazard, Raj. My dad needed it for work. I, that's the type of work he did. Carried around a lot of tools and you know uh, materials for different jobs that he did. But you know he needed that, so we had both the van and the pickup truck. But it was standard great. shift, right? I don't remember. I, I the it's van ama- wasn't. It's amazing we were talking about back in the day. You used to have to pay extra if you want an automatic transmission. I guess today, if you want to stick shift, you have to pay extra. Yeah, they're hard to find now. Yeah, not too many people are driving stick anymore. But all right, we'll take your Father's Day stories at eight zero three zero five five zero. What did Dad mean to you growing up in your uh, sporting life? Uh, news and notes, and uh, I wanted to pass this on. Les, you actually sent this to me. The Kenmore West girls basketball staff is accepting applications for their annual girls basketball camp july 5th through july 8th grades 3 to 7 will be from 8 30 to 11 30 and grades 8 through 12 will be from 12 to 3 cost for the camp is 80 dollars, which includes a camp t-shirt please contact jeff martin at 
949-4407. That's Jeff Martin, 949-4407. I saw uh, a Brian Baker comment, uh, girls, uh, Wilson girls basketball coach, say, hey, this is a great way for you girls to get better, so let's get some uh, bodies out there. Okay, I want to announce, uh, listen carefully, you girls that are uh, high school basketball players, if you will be in 9th, 10th, or 11th grade this coming September, there will be tryouts this Thursday at 6 o'clock at Cardinal O'Hara High School. Three coaches, uh, Nick O'Neill from O'Hara, Mike McCarthy from Mount St. Mary's, and uh, Ron Stepien, who is an assistant at uh, Sacred Heart, they will be running the team that will be going to the BCANY tournament August 5th, 6th, and 7th, whatever that weekend is. This is the tournament. They've been doing this for about four or five years now, ever since the uh, Empire Games, quote, uh, folded. Right. Basketball still has this tournament. So the tryouts will be, again, this Thursday at uh, Cardinal O'Hara High School, 6 o'clock, and I'm uh, going to give you a number momentarily for Nick O'Neill, 465-4817, if you want info. Again, the tryouts are this Thursday. The uh, tournament will be August 5, 6, and 7. Marquel. Um, Yeah, last week we talked boys lacrosse. I want to thank Coach Peter Hideki from St. Joe's to come on and talk to us about the season and the boys' all-star game. Um, I guess the girls had an all-star game this past week. Nobody told me about, so I, um, I apologize for it not having. It was a having, secret, Marquel. Yeah, <laughs> I apologize for not having any information on that. But congrats to all the girls and boys that were um, nominated to play in those games. Um, the Buffalo News, they do their prep talk awards, I believe. It's not too many years now, second or third year they've this done this. This is the third year. Third year. Um, just a couple awards I wanted to point out. Um, that I'm always interested in seeing who's going to win every year. Uh, the multi, the three-sport athlete for the girls went to Amherst McKenna Rushford, who actually played four varsity sports. <laughs> she played field hockey, girls lacrosse, basketball, and ice hockey. Um, on the boys' side was one of my favorite athletes to cover over the past few years, Noah Thompson from East Aurora. Um, he's going to go to NCCC to play baseball. He was a state. He was the MVP of the state championship game in soccer. Um, I think he has four four sectional titles in soccer, and he's also a, a, a really good basketball player too. And the other award I was interested in was the Be Inspired Award, who went to a sophomore from Maryvale Baseball. His name was si- is Simon Quiwin. Um I've covered his big brother Joe for quite some time but um Simon Maryville did a whole bunch of um uh fundraisers for Simon all year long he was battling with the brain tumor right had surgery and oh my gosh he he was going through a lot of treatment and um he was able to get it together and play a really good baseball year over there so I wanted to congratulate him on that award um I believe I forget I don't even want to say who wrote it because I already forgot. But whoever wrote the story for the Buffalo News, it was a really, really good story. And Harry Skull, uh, you know his pictures always. He does his thing. And um, speaking from Mary, speaking of Maryvale, uh, we had a F- Maryvale alum get drafted into the MLB 
Mike Kalen from he went to UB. I believe he got I believe he graduated in 2012. 2011 or 2012 he graduated from Maryvale. Went on to UB and got drafted by the Angels last week. So I want to cool. congratulate him on that. Couple of things on lacrosse. You mentioned the girls uh, and the boys uh, senior game. Yeah. I was at the girls game. It was uh, this Tuesday. Sweet Home High School on their new field comp- complex. Uh, if you want to find, I can It's hard to find fault with that, Tony. About the only thing I could find fault with is Sweet Home, and it depends if you play a afternoon, late afternoon game. They ran their field. East and west instead of north and south, so you'd be looking into the sun. Other than that, what a gorgeous facility out there. They have the uh, bleachers uh, on the south sidelines now, which would have been back-to-back to the old uh, facility if they were still there. I don't know if they'll be any less protected from the wind on some of those days in the press box at Sweet Home. I know you used to look forward to those windy, rainy games they were at a lot Sweet of fun. Home. I've yeah. been to a lot of them. Uh, but they have the, uh, on the what, west end of the uh, football field, farther back is the softball diamond. On the east end of the football field, on the northeast corner, baseball diamond. Gorgeous facility there. So uh, Yeah, they uh, did a nice job. Yes. Uh, you mentioned uh, Coach Hudecki. We should give a shout-out to Mrs. Uh, Hideki Melissa, I guess she was in an automobile accident. She is recovering something. She is one of the top sports medicine uh attendees in uh, the area uh, wishing her a speedy Get, well, recovery absolutely mm-hmm. and uh absolutely. markel and i would be remiss if we didn't say thank you uh, to uh jim andre who's the coach at uh victor high school congratulations to them on the state championship they won a year ago they moved up to class a they won again what a great team i don't know what he's going to do next year although it's my understanding their jv is ready to move mm-hmm. up uh, I think out of their top 18 players, uh, 16 of them will be playing college lacrosse next year. Oh, so, my. Yeah, isn't it kind of overdoing it, Anthony? Woo. I mean, seriously? But no. And uh, I'm assuming he's listening. Uh, he was very happy. He thanked me and Markel for showing up at that game against uh, Pittsburgh. And Markel, I guess we should say uh, congratulations to Pittsburgh because having uh, uh, the re- final results that game we were at could have been a de facto yeah, state, championship state championship game yeah. uh congratulations to both great boys lacrosse programs anthony cool it's just a pleasure it's worth the drive to rochester i won't go as far as saying it's worth the drive if you don't stop for a garbage place but it's close <laughs> <laughs> or two i hear you there you know as we are uh celebrating father's day weekend and we are sharing stories the uh you know, my son right now, he is nine years old, and he's signed up to play Little League football. I know, Roger, you're shaking your head. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want him to have the memories that I had, so I volunteered to coach. And it's a little bit different now than it was when I coached 14, 15 years ago. And uh, even though I was certified back then, the attention to safety now is so much greater. So I'm going to have to take a three-hour course uh, to get certified one more time to be an assistant coach. I really like what this league does as far as safety is the number one priority, followed by the kids having fun, 
followed by competitiveness. Uh, they have 16 teams, 16 leagues that compromise, or 16 organizations that compromise this league. And so far, I'm really pleased. Uh, so uh, excited to be back uh, on the field and coaching again. And I'm really looking forward to it. And hopefully it's a positive experience for my son and uh, give him something to think about, you know, 20 years from now. I remember when my dad coached me in football. Plus your game film won't be the old Polaroids waiting for him to develop. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll, you'll be, be watching film tone. <laughs> I've already started. I've already started looking at uh, at drills for kids and getting myself reacquainted with some of the things. Of course, the drills that we used to do, you don't do anymore. There's no more bull in the ring. You're not going to pull that off these days. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And he could just say, I never had to worry about uh, finding my dad. You know, if he wasn't right behind me, I just had to go to the concession stand, and I knew he'd be there. That's <laughs> they have a gonna, nice concession stand. You know, oh, oh, why am I not surprised? <laughs> that's my curve. number one thing when I look it up. Okay, do they have a good concession stand? All right, you're good to play there. Facilities are great, too. We're talking before the air, right? You yeah, they have uh, artificial turf in both the Little League fields in Niagara Falls. Uh, Cataract, which plays right uh, – the field is right next to where the Niagara Falls – uh, high school team plays, and then where Nick's team, Niagara Falls Junior Little League, they're on Buffalo Avenue behind the uh, middle school, and it's just gorgeous facilities. And I was just telling my wife this. I said, you ought to be blessed and think that you don't have to wash the dirty uniforms like my mother did. When I was playing football, his show shown, it would come up from practice in the mud. Oh, I got to wash your uniform. Oh, well, <laughs> that's how it goes. What's you your won't point? Be, you, <laughs> won't, you won't be repeating some of the pregame speeches your coaches gave you from your youth. Oh, league. no. <laughs> no, that was a different time back then, Les. And unfortunately, you know a lot of the coaches yes, I that do. I am. Yes, I do. Buffalo guy myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're also talking about the All-Stars in uh, this past season. And, you know, Les, we were talking about for the show, it's so difficult to pick an all-Western New York, an all-star team, anything like that. There's so many factors that go into picking a team. You know, you have to look at, you know, we talked about uh, how far a team goes in the season. What's the supporting cast like? Uh, you know, errors, you got to look at that. And, you know, uh, you have one kid, maybe he was better with the glove than he was at the bat, and somebody else was better with the bat. So there's a lot that goes into it. And I'm curious as to how you look at it from your perspective in picking an all-star. What criteria do you use? Well, obviously, you know, it does start out with the raw stats. If something does stand out, like um, Mike Steppen from Willie's hit 517, and that, and that league was very, very good. Yeah, that would kind of get your uh, attention. Yeah. Uh, errors in fielding percentage for infielders, I think, is a big one. It's in softball also, I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing. If you're not making the plays, the stats are going to reflect that. Yes, how far did your team go? Like Will East, Canisius, Fredonia, they're all standing at the end. Canisius and Joes. Um, but there's also, also a reason why they were outstanding, because correct. they were filled with correct. quality players. And we were talking about before we went on the show, maybe that player who stood out on a team that struggled, like Jared Whipple for Lakeshore. Lakeshore had a so-so year. Coach Koal, obviously a great coach. He had 446 with five homers. You wonder how many times did he get pitched around. Because when you coach, the adage is you never let the other team's best player beat you. You know, the Will East is, you know, you got Steppen, you got Mack, um, you got Pedroska. You can't pitch around them. A kid like that, you know, maybe a, the player who stood out on the team that wasn't so good, I think you also have to look at. Yeah. I think you have to look at a team that maybe made a surprise sectional run, who came out of nowhere. You know, what kids did that? So there's there's a lot of a lot of factors. And, yes, obviously, how far did your team go? 
Um, but I do think you have to really look at, at the kid on the, the team that did not have a great year. The team didn't have a great year, and he had a great year. I think I, that is something I look at also, too. Usually it's pitchers get the attention. Correct. You know, who throws a no-hitter, a one-hitter, yeah. so on, who gives up the home runs to lose the game. They're the ones that are pretty much focused on. Yes. Uh, let's start off with the pitchers. Sure, obviously, you know, all conversations starting on with Dan Dallas. Yeah, draft, that would figure. By the Padres. Gee, think? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why, just because he was drafted in the, what, eighth or seventh round? Seventh. <laughs> yeah. Lucky uh, seven? Wow. Uh, ben Rowenski from Orchard Park. Uh, he's committed to Columbia, and Ivy League baseball is pretty good baseball. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Noah Thompson from East Aurora. Um, he's going to go pitch and end trip. Um, and and, and end, if end trip recruits who you can throw. Obviously, yeah, they um, had a really good year. <laughs> yeah, um, Bednarski from Alden, ECIC, um, four player of the year. We were talking mm. off the air about Jared Burmaster. Yes. Um, oh, he man. pitched in every playoff game. I did it in a no-hitter. Through a no-hitter, a no-hitter early on the year, and I want to say I think it was against Dunkirk. I'm yeah. not 100%, but yeah. I know it was early on. And to do my prep work, um, I texted multiple coaches who are my friends, and his name came up constantly, um, Bednarski. Or excuse me, Burmaster came up constantly. Uh, yeah. Justin Boyer from Antrip, excuse me, from Niagara Falls is going Antrip. Kyle Warner from um, from Springville, Springville, uh, got it. Had a very very strong year, and Evan Call, and uh, a boy from St. Joe's, um, Anthony Brophy had a very very strong year for them, and so did Will Mack. So the what will be challenging for the committees? You can't put them all in pitchers. But, you know, so some of those pitchers who also had good years will get slotted in infield-outfield spots, which mm-hmm. takes away infield-outfield slots. But well, you know, a lot of them play positional. Play both, yeah, correct. It's not like Absolutely. they just only pitch, and that's it. What's the key to being a successful high school pitcher? Is it command of your pitches, a variety of pitches, or is it just heat? No, it's it's not heat anymore because, I mean, everyone is – the hand-eye is so good. Rarely do guys just show up and blow the ball by you. You have to get ahead in the count. You have to induce ground balls. You have to keep your pitch count low. Uh, you have to make smart pitches. You yes. have to pitch, not just Correct. throw. You have to be a pitcher. Correct. A la Greg Maddox and the Chicago Absolutely. Cubs. Absolutely, yep. What's com- what would be common? You know, your curveball, your slider, maybe. Well, just changing speeds in general. I mean, the changeup is a great pitch these days because it saves the. Um, Maddox lived on the changeup. It it, it 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 just changing speeds and varying your patterns, so you don't start off every guy with a fastball, and you you because when you're I tell my kids on deck look for patterns and you vary your patterns you do get ahead in the count you don't let the other team's best player beat you you know if the second and third two outs and this kid's two for two and the other kid isn't doing well you it, a lot of it is smarts and roger hit it right on the head you you pitch now you don't throw you know you learn the umpire if the umpire is a low guy you're going low if he's high you're going high. but the key is getting ahead in the count that's the absolute key you start off zero and one and then it's already a pitcher's count you're two and oh it's a yeah, then the, then the batter can sit on a pitch waiting for a yeah. pitch. If it isn't right in a certain spot, a certain pitch, he'll just let it go by because it's a, you know he's ahead in the count and all that. Absolutely. Uh, Getting the first guy out. What I don't know what it is in softball. It's like 81% in oh, baseball. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, that know. plus not giving them, you know, my mantra, don't give them four or five outs in an yeah. inning. And obviously. the walks will kill you. Well, so. I would imagine, I mean, control has to be tough to teach. Um, pitching low is very, very important. If if you expose the top part of the baseball, you get ground balls. It, it's so important in baseball and softball to pitch low and work low. I can see that. Leo Mazzoni used to say, work low, change speeds, throw strikes. 
He was the pitching coach of the Braves. Especially change speeds and all that. Yeah. You know, sooner or later, you can gauge a pitcher's fastball and you can time it. Right. So if they don't have another pitch and they're not pitching in locations, you're going to be successful. Uh, you probably heard the name Howie Long, the football player. Does that yeah. name ring a bell? He says, do you think I could be playing the sport I'm playing now if I was able to hit a curveball? <laughs> good point, good point. That's exact. No, that, that was, that's, <laughs> that's how he long. Yeah. He says, you know, as great a football player, and I believe he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He is. Uh, he says, if I could hit a curveball, I'd have never seen a football field. Getting ground balls helps. I mean, we all watch pitch counts. You know, one ground ball beats a three and two count with two, three things fall up. You guys are softball guys. Is there change speeds in softball? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. The most successful pitchers are the ones that can shield their changeup. I'm someone will throw a changeup just to try to get the batter off stride. It's obvious it's coming, you know, in the windup. But no, if you can change speeds and movement of the ball, not so much speed, they will gauge it. These girls don't stand in the back of the batter's box. They stand in the front. Back in our day, if you stood in the front of the batter's box, you were daring the pitcher to throw a fastball. All right, guys, let's take a break, look at some of the other positions around Western New York. Also, don't forget, your Father's Day stories, 803-0550. We'll get you in on the program. We'll be back after this. Just remember, Raj, it's sauce, not gravy. Gabagool. Man, where do they get these things from in New Jersey? Gravy. To me, the only thing is gravy is to hide something that's cook better. Why would you ruin good mashed potatoes with gravy? Oh, are I you kidding me? Man, gravy goes great with mashed potatoes. Anyway, that's enough about food. You're listening to Nate, inside. am I right? <laughs> there is no question that if they're good mashed potatoes, they don't need anything else. I agree with Roger on that one. It's an added. I like it. I like having a little it compliments gravy in there. It. Compliments it. Thank you, Markwell. Markwell sticking up for me. <laughs> You're listening to Inside High School Sports. I'm Tony Caligiuri. That was Markwell Slaughter. Roger Weiss. Yeah, we let him talk once in a while. <laughs> Les Simon is here, head coach from Kenmore East Baseball, and we're talking about uh, the All Stars and. and Picking the teams. We talked before the break about pitchers, catchers. There's your probably your second most important position on the on the diamond. Absolutely, and the pitcher and the catcher. You know they have to have a game plan. They have to be working together before the game, day before the game. If if it is an off day, studying hitters. What did you talk you know, when you get your pitcher and catcher together? What are you t- uh, conveying to them? First, I'll learn the umpire's strike zone. Make friends with the umpire. That sure helps. Bring him some <laughs> apple pie. You know, when it's forty-two and it's raining, you know he want they these guys want to call strikes. <laughs> they do. They want to call strikes. Yeah, they want to get out of there. <laughs> Is that yeah. what they mean when they say expand the strike zone? <laughs> no, they want to call. They do want to call strikes. Um, uh, you know what? What's your best pitch? What you know? What are you throwing? All pitchers are going to throw their best pitch for a strike or when they count. Do you have good command of your fastball? How was your curveball today? Mix it up. Change speeds. And the thing the catcher has to do is. is no one to go out and settle the pitcher down. That's all. He's the catcher. When we grew up, we used to say the shortstop is the quarterback of the infield. The mm-hmm. catcher is the quarterback of the infield. They have the best view. I tell my catchers, you can't be shy and be a catcher. So um, the catcher really is the pitcher's almost assistant coach. Does your uh, catcher call all the pitches? Does he look to you for what pitch to call? Uh, is there I mean, a situation that's, where? That's kind of 50-50. I like our catchers to, to call the game. I will call pitch outs or I may suggest something. Um, I like the, I, I like the kids, the catcher, to have the feel for the game. I will give suggestions, but 
you know, the pitcher and the catcher, I do like to call the game. Some coaches don't. A lot of coaches call the game. That's a, a coach's choice. I just think you get into the game as a catcher and you learn, too. True, true. Okay, so let's go through some of the top catchers in the area. <laughs> top catchers uh, from the Catholic League, um, Will Lawrence from Canisius and Dennis Gagliardo from St. Joe's are very good. Matt Cross, big kid from Star Point. He was a senior. Yeah. He hit very well. We saw them in the playoff game. Big dude. Threw, really had a quick release. Uh, I like Fulford from Amherst. He was very good this year. But I think the three that stand out would be Cross, Lawrence, and Gagliarda. Yeah. I, I know that, you know, when I, I polled some of the Catholic school coaches, um, they both mentioned uh, Gagliarda and Lawrence. And Matt Cross was a big kid who could really hit. And big kid for a catcher, too. Sometimes you don't always see the big catcher. So those were the three that stood out, and I would expect to get honored postseason ones. Do you put, you know, when you're looking at the catchers, their ability to throw to second base and how fast they can get the ball off, does that uh, measure into at all what you're looking at? Well, first and foremost, they have to catch strikes in both baseball and softball. If you, it, it, you have to have soft hands, and you have to catch strikes. And then obviously... The quick release, a lot of it is the release point. You know, if you, you have to make sure they're coming up throwing, not coming up and throwing. That's very, very important, too. Uh, so the arm already has to be in motion <clears throat> yeah. as the body is getting Correct. up. Correct. It's a wasted second if you come up and then you throw. You want to be up with your hand here, ready to go, and, that, and that's teachable. Sure. Um, however, catching, I think, is something God-given. It's not, and if you can catch, I know I said this a couple weeks ago, if you can catch, you can play college baseball or softball because not a lot of kids want to catch. It's not an easy thing to do, especially in the summer. You know, mm -hmm. catchers, how many Aunt Rosie's games a catcher going to catch? Oh, <laughs> they're, they're switching on and off all the time. Yeah, so part of it is mentality, part of it is leader, soft hands, accuracy. Um, those are the main things, but you have to catch strikes. Sure, you sure. Know, have you gone to games where the catcher misses it? It goes off the umpire's shins two or three times. Oh, the ump doesn't <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, he doesn't. That's not making friends with the ump. No. A few, a few of my favorite catchers from the area, um, going to Monroe Community College this net in the fall. Andrew Shubai from JFK. Um, he's a he could play anywhere in the infield, but he's a pitcher catcher extraordinaire. And um, Buffalo News been sending me out to Jamestown for the last month. It seemed like I was able to catch um, Westfield play. And they got a guy named Max Bates. And this guy, oh, my gosh, he's incredible. Really good pitcher. Uh, who's the pitcher? Greg Schroeder over there. Really good pitcher over there. But Max Bates, one game away from getting to the state tournament. They they couldn't quite do it, but I think he went three for three. And the, the wall is... 325 feet for a homer, he hit one. He had a triple 324 feet. Smacked the yeah. wall. One more foot, it would have been over. That catcher, guy can play. A good catcher allows you to work fast. And that's, a, you know, the, it, pitching and hitting is a battle. The pitcher wants to work at his pace. The hitter wants to work at their pace. A good catcher lets you work fast. A bad catcher slows the game up for everybody. The infielders are there forever, mm -hmm. and there's no pace in the game. And oh. so. Are there any, you know, when I played high school baseball, we had – uh, catcher that was also a pitcher, and his brother was the other pitcher, uh, Rich and Tommy Freeze. And Tommy Freeze, uh, when he wasn't pitching, he was catching. Are there any uh, combinations like that? No, that's tough now. Maybe a catcher can come and close. I mean, Jonah Heim, who yeah. was with us for a year and then went to Amherst. I know it, he's still he, doing his thing. He he still did, but it's it it's awfully tough, especially if you're catching every day, right? Uh, and a lot of coaches really like to just settle on one catcher and. And not really pull him out. So yeah, you better have two catchers. Not only yeah, we weren't deep, so we you know we really <laughs> didn't have much trouble. It's hard enough much to keep choice. your catcher healthy all year. 
Well, no, mm-hmm. not only that, if you're pitching in, in the days that you're not pitching, you're catching, you're making all these throws from home to second base. You're yeah. supposed to be resting your arm on the days you're not pitching. Yeah. I like I said, ca- we didn't have depth. No. Catching <laughs> would be the last. Uh, maybe in a stop gag, a catcher could go in. And a catcher maybe as a stop gag could go in and give an inning, but a pitcher really can't catch. Roger's correct. I mean, you're hanging the next day. <laughs> Poor Tommy. Yeah. Unless you get shout one out of, to Tommy Freeze. Unless you get one of these crazy amphidextric people, he might be a left-hand pitcher, but when he's catching, he throws right-handed. There are sickos out there that do things. Oh, like by that. the way, Tommy also threw a knuckleball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first baseman. First baseman, we have again. I mentioned Brophy. Uh, I believe Noah Thompson played some first. Um, a couple kids in the infield that stood out were Kavina from Olean. He's a good player, and mm-hmm. Krushka from Gowanda. Will Clark had a very, very strong year for um, for St. Joe's. A first uh, baseman named Will Clark. Yeah. Imagine that. That's that. never happened before. Yeah. Is uh, he drag should, race, too? And, and we should mention when we're talking about first baseman, when he doesn't pitch, Danny Dallas plays first base. Okay. Yeah. And Brendan Sheehan for Grand Island, who should get high honors. He had a huge, huge year. Um, those are the ones that would that would stand out on the first base area. How about second? Second base, middle infielders. Um, we have uh, the kids. We start start with uh, Mack and Stefan. We're middle infielders from Winslow East. Um, Charlie Mack hit four fifty four as a sophomore. He's already committed to Clemson. Uh, I believe his brother Joe hits cleanup for them as a seventh grader. Yes, yeah, so I was just going to say, and their sister in between. His ninth grader is the shortstop on their uh, softball team. Um, Charlie, once upon a time, was the seventh grader on varsity two a couple years ago. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and obviously, they were last team stand, and they were close to winning the state title. A kid named Joe Janot from Williamsville South, his second baseman, hit 400. He's a good player. Um, we mentioned uh, Alex Whipple before, hit 446. Uh, I would say, and those guys were, would be the ones that would stand. Also, West Seneca West had a pretty good year this year. Yeah, and, they um, did. Dawson Broad had a very, very good year. So I would like, I think he would deserve some mention. And Polakowski from Orchard Park. You know, you can't take what the Orchard Park does every year. Every year. <laughs> I was just going to say, you go, you we go haven't tw- talked you go about Orchard Park yet. You go, you go 20 and 4, and your worst year is maybe you get knocked out <laughs> at the semifinals. And, and, oh, fire that coach, and 20 Jim, and 4. Are you kidding me? Tom Prince is going to take all the well credit for the Orchard Park well guys. Respected. So um, he had a very good year for them. Paul, uh, I think it's Palchewski had a very, very strong year for them. So those would be the guys that I would mention. And also, they had a Hollins. I don't remember the boy's first name. Oh, yeah, he's a good uh, player too. Yeah, I covered him. I forget the first name, but yeah. little brother. They got it. It's a few of them. Yeah, so those would be the ones. And uh, Cole Hollins, I believe. Cole, yes. Cole uh, Hollins. Those would be the, the three from those teams. So that would be probably the middle infielders that I would mention. How about shortstop? Again, you mentioned that. That is a key. You know, yeah, the catchers, but the shortstop is is key to defense. Yeah, again, I believe um, Steppen was their shortstop. Um I kind of I kind of grouped them as middle infielders okay. before, um, and I think Broad was a shortstop for West Seneca West. All right, let's take a look at the third basemen then. The corner guys we have um, Austin um, Megan from Star Point. He hit four ninety one, had twenty six RBIs. That, that's <laughs> a lot of RBIs. You, you know, he was big, big kid, uh, and he he would get some consideration. You get around there, thirty RBIs. Yeah, you're you're doing it. Yes, and um, I do believe that. Um, I think we talked about Bowker from Hamburg earlier off the air, Garrett mm-hmm. Bowker. He was a pitcher, and I believe he also played in the middle of the infield. 
also he would get some consideration. We left off one pitcher though before Anthony Hernandez from Maryville. Oh yeah. no! So uh, that's my bad. Yeah, yeah so we were go ahead, I'll let you. I circled him. I mean, there were so many good pitchers <laughs> this year. Bryce Jelinek was 6-0. But, Mark, if you want to chime in on Anthony, he's a junior who's already setting school records. Junior, career hits record already. I believe he has over 80, so he's about to shatter the mark. Uh, he, he's been doing it for a couple years now over there. Um, the, the, the kid could play both sides of the plate. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. A couple years ago when Maryvale was on the up and up and I was talking to him before the season, like, why are you guys so confident? They're talking about this freshman kid coming up, and it was, it was a Hernandez kid. That blows my mind on how you get a young, you'll get a 7th or 8th grader that just is able to step in <laughs> and, and not right only pl- make the team, but is also one of the leaders. That blows my mind away. Yeah. And how big they are. We were talking about the Mac family at Will East, that seventh grader, when they said, my God, he's only in seventh grade. Boy, I'm glad I don't have to feed him and buy him clothes for the next eight, nine years. I mean, this guy's in a man-child. Yeah. A lot a seventh of, grader. Will had two seniors and yeah. was last team stand and lost on a walk-off at States. They will come in very, very highly ranked. Next yeah, year. I would I would think so. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into the outfield and uh, whatever other kind of trouble we can get into. Again, if you have a Father's Day story that you want to pass along, 8030550, we'll take that as well. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. Thanks, Marco. One last segment of Inside High School Sports. Hey, Sunshine, who we got coming up next? Mr. Sal Capaccio. All right, Sal. Sal and I had a great conversation in the hallway the other day about uh, – uh, coaches who will not punt on fourth down. And that's a show we might do sometime this summer. I asked Sal if he would like to come on and uh, discuss that with us. It's pretty interesting stuff. Bring and, in Coach Kurzansky for that one. Yeah, and then yeah. we were talking about Craig and uh, that philosophy. So that may be down the road. I, I, I like that one a lot. Are right, we talking about the All-Stars uh, from this past baseball season? Coach Les Simon of Kenmore East. How about the outfielders? Yeah. Quick correction on a name. It was Will Frank, pitcher um, first base from St. Joe's, left off Evan Calls, the pitcher from Iroquois, and Austin Pilly from Depew. Roger and I were talking off the air. Um, go ahead, Roger. Well, yeah, good pitcher outfielder. He's only a junior, uh, three-sport athlete, linebacker, slash tight end on the football team. Uh, he was, I think, sixth man this year on the varsity. He'll be a starter next year. Uh, so I want to give out a shout for him. Good three-sport athlete, possibly a candidate next year for the three-sport athlete. Cool. As, as far as outfielders, one thing we I do look at when we do our own league voting is assists. You know, if you see six, seven assists, you know the guy has thrown out somebody from second base or, or from you know from the outfield mm-hmm. in. Uh, it starts and ends with Legum Castillo, who was Player of the Year last year as a sophomore from Lancaster, and Jim Gibson was among the guys I talked to, and, and Jim raved about him. Terrific player, uh, he'll, and he'll be a senior next year. Jim Gibson uh, being the coach at Orchard Jim, Park. Yes, Jim Gibson being the coach at Orchard Park. Uh, does a, just a terrific job. Jordan Kowalski from Canisius. Jake Victor from St. Francis, our outfielders. Kyle Warner also played outfielder from Springville. He was very, very good. We mentioned Alex Whipple before. Jack Holyoke from Williamsville South. And I would think that um, I would think Lagoon would be at the top of the list, yeah. no question. Is it because of his arm? Uh, his arm, his defense, the range he covers. Um, a lot of it is, would be arm strength, I mean, it, especially if you're – I mean, arm strength is mostly important in center field and left field. You can kind of hide it in right field. But uh, 
he's a, just a terrific all-around player. He was player of the year in that league as a sophomore last year. So it, I would think it would start and end with him. And, again, the three kids from the Catholic League, Kowalski and Victor, uh, they were very good. And um, Warner also from Springville when he didn't pitch. And I th- I would think if he doesn't get it as a pitcher, he you may see him pop up as right. an outfielder. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Uh, my uh, Still my favorite, one of my favorite plays in all the sports is still – the outfielder versus the runner going from first to third on a single or trying to score from third on a sacrifice uh, fly and all that. Still one of my favorite plays in all the sports is the runner versus the outfielder. Yeah, and if he's got that cannon, I saw a video over the, uh, during the week of a fielder throwing it to third, and wow. That's funny. When we played Little League, remember when you know the – Maybe the boy who wasn't strong would play the right field and bat two innings. Right. And in high school, right field is so important because one thing is pitchers do throw hard right-handed pitchers. Not a lot of balls are hit to left field. And I imagine in softball. Okay, put me in at left. (laughs) I imagine softball, right field is extremely important also because the pitch, you know, not a lot of balls are pulled. So um, you do want to put a very, very good athlete. Obviously in center field, you put, you know, your prototypical center fielder. But you do want to put someone very good in right field because you're going to get a lot of action there. Yeah, especially if they're mostly right-handed batters. Now, granted, in softball, there's a lot of girls that slap, so they bat left-handed. But the right-handed batters, they're not going to get around on these pitchers that throw heat. So right fielders are at a premium. You see a lot of right fielders show kids out of first in softball. Does that still happen? Oh, yeah. Not a lot, but uh, if you have uh, someone who runs uh, almost as fast as I do, God God forbid that poor girl. Uh, yeah, we time get, Roger with a calendar. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. Yeah, uh, Mark you're laughing. That's the truth. You know, uh, how fast? How, how long does it take you to get the first base? Uh, I don't know because nobody ever brings yeah. a calendar. No, in the old days, we get a base hit. You know, we would trot to first, take our time, hopefully get there. Now, if you hit, a, you better get your butt there if that right fielder has the ball. Yeah, you so, better move it, move it. Yes. Uh, you know, talking about Father's Day weekend, you know, shout out to all the dads out there. Uh, are they a big part in high school as far as, like, if you want to communicate with a player, sometimes it's best to go through the dad. Do you find that uh, to be the case at all? Have you ever had to go, you know, get pops aside and, and say, you know, juniors, he would be better if he did this and this, if you can get through to him? Um, selectively, you know, at times. Um, you know, it's like any um, coach parent relationship you know you if you feel it's appropriate to talk to the parents you do um as far as the baseball wise you do try to stay out of it and you know the coaches need the coach your parents need to be parents but if there is a time you do i would say yes you would have to if it would be an appropriate situation i would imagine as a coach you're very thankful when you have supportive parents out there who supporting their their child who are playing yes absolutely and also, we have a very supportive athletic director, too. Um, Mr. Banker is extremely supportive of us. So that helps a lot, too. But, I mean, I don't know how it's going to be for you with parents uh, with your new coaching endeavor. Well, uh, it's I have a rule. Somebody brought this up to me and says, you know, I hope uh, – I, somebody told me, no, I don't think it's a good idea for you to be coaching your kid. And I said, well, I have a rule regarding that, and that is I don't coach my kid. That's up yeah. to the other coaches. I let them coach. Yeah. My, at least that's how we did it in T-ball the last couple of years. You know, with the other coach, uh, I would f- coach his daughter because the kid, it seems, 
And I didn't listen to my dad. Yeah, but you have a lot to offer. You would be penalizing your kid and the other kids if you didn't coach. You have a great football background. Yeah, but my kid doesn't listen to me <laughs> as much as I'd like to. And yeah, I, think, Tony... I think that's the case with a lot of kids don't like to listen to their dad. But if somebody else says it, well, it's gospel. So it must be true. Well, yeah, if Anthony wants to get something through to Nicholas, he's got to tell mom, and then mom will uh, give him the message. So there's a chance that he might get the message. Yeah, there's then. a chance. Now, I mean, you know, he'll, he'll, it'll go in his ears and how much of it sinks in or how much he applies. But, uh, you know, I'm good. At, I'll motivate him and things like that. But uh, as far as the coaching, because it can be frustrating. You want your kid to perform well. And maybe sometimes you're thinking that he should live up to how you were. Well, that's not fair to him. So I don't want to do that. I don't want to put the pressure on him. I don't want the frustrate to feel any frustration. So I think it'd be better if somebody else. There are going to be times I can sit with him in the backyard. And like lately, I've been trying to work with him, getting him in a three-point stance. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can only go so far as much as the kid is willing to let you teach him. And I always tell the kids that, uh, one, one of the last things I tell the kids when we break for the year is, you know, make sure you're very respectful to those Little League coaches. You know, there are parents out there. They're not getting paid. They're doing it because they want to do it. They're not just doing it for your own kids. So I, I think it's terrific what you're doing. I commend you. Congratulate you on uh, your Thank endeavor. you. It's um, something I'm looking for. Obviously, I love the game, and I like uh, I like being around kids. I love seeing kids smile. I think it's one of the greatest things on earth. Now, don't let your kids stay up till 2 in the morning watching film when school no, starts. No, no, no. No, we won't be doing that. All right. Happy Father's Day to all you guys out there. Nate, thank you very much. Les, thank you for coming Pleasure. in. Pleasure. It was uh, always wonderful to have you on the show. Next week, we're going to do the softball version, so stay tuned for that. We'll talk to you guys next week. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 